are at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Um, I looked back to try to figure out when this started, and it is very close to three years ago, almost to the date. Uh, and to give you some perspective about what things were like three years ago, um, it, it doesn't do too well to remember it, but at that time, we were just looking at coming out of COVID lockdowns. And so it's been a bit. Um, and to say that this sermon has not been impactful for me would be a lie. Often when, when people preach, they, they're preaching to themselves. And so today is the close of Jesus' sermon. And he has been giving this sermon on this mountainside. And he has been giving the standards and principles of the kingdom. And as we look at the close, one of the things that happens is... When people speak, the, the introduction and what, is, what introduces the idea and the close are often the two ideas that, that get held on to and they kind of get remembered the most. And so Jesus begins his sermon with the Beatitudes, blessed are the, and those, those are pretty commonplace. Um, those, are, those are pretty popular and they, they are well remembered. But as we look at what he leaves them with, he is, he's come very far from that moment. Uh, and, and we are going to be um, looking at an idea that is both so simple and, and so complex that, that it, it really, really impacts us, but it also is, is taught and shared in kids' songs. Uh, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 7. If you would turn there, if you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 7, and we're going to be starting in verse 24. This morning, and and we're not going. I'm not going to recap the whole sermon um, because it, that exists out there, uh, and you can go read those things for yourself. I would encourage you to reread through the sermon this week. Uh, but Jesus has told his followers that that what it means to be followers and what it means to be members and citizens of this kingdom. He's laid that out, and it is characterized in a loving response to the world around us a committed response to God our Father, and a desire to live out the things of the kingdom. He's covered a lot. And in many ways, and I'm gonna, I don't know if I ever spoke to this at the beginning. I probably should have. Um, but when I, when I first started all this, uh, I was asked if I knew that my, my picture was upside down. Um, and I, and I, yes, I do. Um, because in many ways, what Jesus has been presenting is an upside-down kingdom. It, things are not the way that the culture that they lived in expected them to be. And so Jesus is presenting this kingdom that is, in so many ways, the standards of it are so different, and it stands in such stark contrast that it almost seems to have turned everything on its head. It's tough to live a grounded life, a life that is well-grounded and well-established in Jesus, in the midst of a culture that is indifferent to Jesus, let alone starkly against Jesus at times. I mentioned the last time I shared 
um, that a person who is saved and changed by Jesus is not necessarily going to be spared from the woes of this world. They, it would be nice, but it is not a guarantee. Often, uh, we are reminded elsewhere in Scripture, they experience more of those woes. And so as Jesus moves to close his sermon, he's going to answer the question. He's going to leave us with the question and answer it. How do I continue to live as a citizen of an upside-down kingdom, a kingdom that is contrary to the culture, while still living in the midst of the culture that I live in? How do I do that? What does it look like? When you feel like you have a target on your back and feel like things are falling apart, how do we still live well-grounded in Jesus? Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 24, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this sermon. Let's thank you that Jesus shared these words about his kingdom. I pray that as we, we look to live well as citizens of the kingdom of God, as, as followers of Jesus, I pray that we would take one last look at how to live well in our culture. I pray that as we, as we look at these things, we would be open to, to the things that we need to change and the things that we need to strengthen. We love you and thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. So Jesus closes his sermon with a short little parable, um, a word picture about the nature of faith and the kingdom living. And what is amazing about especially the parables of Jesus it, and these instances in Scripture is what Jesus is communicating is so simple. It's so straightforward. Build your life on the rock. Um, it's so simple that it goes on t-shirts and posters and throw pillows and it gets put in kids' songs and Bible stories. And, and, and rightfully so, because it, it's easy to grasp onto. But what he is saying is, is so profound in light of the Sermon on the Mount. It's a big task. And, and it really is his application to them. He tells a story as his application. Building your house on the rock is important. And on just a, just a surface level, that is because if the foundation of a building is bad, the building will eventually have trouble. It, it may take some time, but it will eventually have some sort of trouble. The wise man, Jesus says, knows the importance of a firm foundation, a well-grounded life, but 
What is implied here as we look at the rest of the sermon is that those firm foundations and building on that, it takes effort. It, 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 is, it, it takes time. We don't just wake up, roll out of bed, and go, well, my life has been well-grounded today. I... When we become members of the kingdom through faith in the Lord, we begin the process of, of building our lives on Jesus. Remember, this, is, this sermon was given to a group of people who have, in one way or another, become followers of Jesus. Some of them began following Jesus because he's healing them and feeding them. Others have been hearing his teaching and they're like, I, I want to know more about what this guy is doing. But they are following him around and in doing so, they're, they're kind of moving away from their own cultural religious lives. And so now Jesus is telling these followers what to do next. Where do you go from here? He's saying something very specific about how having faith in him, we can then begin to build our lives on a firm foundation. But what the trick is, is how do we get to that firm foundation? Again, the wise man builds his house on the firm foundation of rock. And in contrast to this, Jesus says the foolish man builds his house on the sand. Um, I, I don't know when the last time you tried to build a sandcastle was. Um, but when I, I used to work as a mentor um, for students in Salem, and every year we would take a beach trip. And we would take these students who, most of which, for one reason or another, had some pretty serious behavior issues. And we would take them out to the coast, and every year we would try to stir up a sandcastle building competition. And these students kind of have the deck stacked against them in this because they, they get the nice bottom layer, and it looks pretty good. And then the minute they try to go layer two, the whole thing just crumbles. And when you have students who already have aggression, it, it, it's just too much for them. And let alone me, I, I get frustrated. Uh, and then the water comes in and has a whole other thing to say about it. But it's tough. Building a sandcastle is harder than it looks. Um, and then you have these people that make the giant, I don't, it's beyond me. Um, but the thing crumbles. It's so, it's, it's, it's so... Uh, I don't know, it's just not right. That sand is not it. But it makes poor building material. Uh, things get washed away quickly. Um, I, I heard a story about these guys who do this sandcastle competition, and every year it, it's sad as they spend eight hours building this giant structure, and within about 10 to 15 minutes, the tide undoes it all by the end of the day. I share this not to get ahead of ourselves uh, in this, because this is the end of what Jesus says here. But I share that to say, who in their right mind is building anything on sand? Who looks at sand and goes, I think I will build a house on top of that? And, and I want to bring this up because Jesus' answer, in short, is the foolish person. But there's more to this than at just surface level. Um, in this region of the world, particularly in the Sea of Galilee, in this area, in the summertime, 
the, the sea recedes a bit, and it, and it is a lower tide. And when it does that, it exposes a layer of sand that normally is not seen throughout the year. And this sand is well packed down. It's been, it's been pushed down by the weight of the sea. And then it also sits under the summer sun and gets baked. And it actually becomes pretty hard. And this sand, you, you might look at it and you can see the soft sand as it approaches and then there's like this cut line of, okay, this is a little more firm here. It's a firmer sand. It, at first glance, it would seem pretty sturdy. Like you could stand on it, jump around, and it's pretty sturdy. And, and people would try to build houses on this. Now they're not these big structures, per se. But they would try to form a home here. In, in the context, this is a foundation that looks and feels a lot like the real thing. It looks like rock. feels good. It feels sturdy. You step on it and the sand doesn't go between your toes. But at the end of the day, or perhaps at the end of the season when the rains come back in, that, that foundation is proven. And Jesus indicates you could build a house on this sand. You could do it. It's possible. It looks and feels like a good foundation. And for the purpose of building a house, you're able to. But the wise man is able to discern something about this, and that it is unstable at the end of all things. It should also be noted, Jesus is not calling them to not build here. He is not saying, well, there's going to be storms along the Sea of Galilee, so why don't you just take the whole building project and move it way far away? You notice he doesn't bring that up. Jesus assumes that the person is going to build where the storms are at. People often build along the Sea of Galilee, and to do so, they have to dig, and they have to dig down to the rock. And in this parable, Jesus is calling members of the kingdom in faith. Remember, these are, these are followers of Jesus who in some way have begun to follow him to be willing to respond now to the message of the kingdom and build their lives on the firmest foundation that they can get, the things of Jesus. Followers are to be doers. And this foundation, it does not only look secure, but in time, it proves to be well-grounded. And the thing about this, this sand and this rock is, is you look at the sand, and the rock is down there somewhere. You have to remove the sand to get to it. There's layers and layers of sand before you get to that firm foundation, and it takes time and commitment to digging down to it. That is what Jesus is calling kingdom people to. A failure to do so makes the foundation shaky. It's poorly grounded. And so if we have responded to Jesus, if we have put our faith in the king, we in turn have the task of building our lives on the things of that kingdom. In faith, we build our lives, if we build our lives on anything but the things of Jesus Christ alone, we're like the foolish man who takes one look at the sand and says, man, it looks really nice. I think I'll just start building here. 
In short, another way to put this is anything, the gospel plus anything else takes away from the good news of the gospel. That rock is still down there, but if we try to ignore or add layers of sand on top of it, that rock is going to, it's, it's not going to do us any good. Kingdom people are those who, so convinced by the person of Jesus, and who so believe in the power of the gospel of Jesus, are willing to dig down to the rock, to remove away the sandy portions, and get rid of the, the extra things of their lives that they build their life on. Our righteousness our giving, our status, our knowledge, any of it. If we try to build and found our lives on those things, if we try to found anything but Jesus, it's shifting sand. Jesus knows this takes work. It's a reminder aimed at people of the kingdom, and it seeks to answer that question that arrives at the end of the sermon, how do we live in this kingdom, in a world that is in so many ways contrary to it. And Jesus gives us two options. He gives us two ways to, to approach this. The first option is to only apply the things to the kingdom to the surface level. Maybe we clear back a little bit of the, the nice loose stuff. And perhaps even we try to add water and mix that sand in so we can get a little bit firmer foundation out of it. We try to mix it. We try to adapt the things that we really like in this world and make them fit with the gospel. The other option is to dig down, remove the sandy spots, get rid of it, and build on the rock. And I'm here to tell you that takes effort. It takes time, and it does not happen in one day. Notice the difference between these two groups uh, of people. The difference um, is not necessarily, it, it is in the rock and the sand, but, but both are there. Notice the difference, um, starting in verse 24. It says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And then jumping down to 26, and everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The difference is what we do with what Jesus said. There is this notion in, in churches, in, in Christianity, that is easy believism. If you just simply believe, then it will work out. And yes, we must believe in Jesus. That is good. But what comes next, after we have chosen to be a follower of Jesus, there is work involved. It takes effort. We don't work to keep our salvation. We work to make our salvation more vibrant. We can sit in church, and we can listen to the right music. We can listen to sermons throughout the week. We can watch the right movies and read the right books, and spend time with the right people. But at the end of the day, kingdom people must do what the king tells them. 
and sometimes it's tough. It's knowing I believe in Jesus, and so I want to build my life on the things of Jesus. I want, at the end of the day, what grounds me, what makes me who I am, I want that to be what Jesus says. So much so that they are willing to get rid of the things that they enjoy, that distract them, get rid of those feelings and desires that they have, get rid of their, their claim to their knowledge and their right belief even, and say, I want to get down to the truth and the bedrock of what it means to follow Jesus, and Jesus says that means doing what I have told you. It takes effort. It takes time. To get down to bedrock is tough. Especially, but I didn't have like big tractors and backhoes back then. That sun-baked sand can be hard to get through. So I, I think of the, you know, the things, that everybody's journey is different. And I think the things that, that some have to overcome, it, it is more difficult than others. Some of our lives have some very well-baked sand. And Jesus says, be willing to dig through it, to remove it. It's worth it. It's worth it. And Jesus tells us why. He doesn't say, okay, dig down, ground your life on a firm foundation, and then skip away. He tells us why it is worth it. It is worth digging down and having a well-grounded life because the storm is coming. Especially if we're going to live in this kingdom in the culture that we live in. If we're going to live that out, that storm will find us very quickly. And notice that those who are founded on Jesus, their identity and security and hopes are only in Jesus Christ. When the storm hits, they're able to withstand that. It doesn't say that the storm avoids them. It says that having weathered the storm, the wind hits and they withstand it. When their life falls apart, and they get terrible news, or a bad diagnosis, when they're treated unjustly, when things go sideways in their life, the wise person who has dug down and founded and grounded their life on Jesus is able to stand firm. That doesn't mean that it wasn't awful. That doesn't mean that those things that they experienced were not very difficult. But at the end of it, their hope is in Jesus. They've built their lives on Jesus. And they're able to withstand. This is contrasted with the foolish man. Who thinks, okay, I hear what Jesus is saying. I hear this sermon and this kingdom message that Jesus has given. And I even like a lot of it. Love your neighbor. I can, that, one, that one sounds real good. And the things inside, I'm going to make the things inside my house look exactly like what Jesus has said. I've got cross-stitched throw pillows with his sayings on them. But if their foundation and their hope and their security is in any of those things, 
and not on the person of Jesus, and they have not done the words of Jesus to dig down and form themselves on that firm foundation, if we build our lives on anything but Jesus, we have not done what Jesus has said. That's what this sermon has, has been building to. A message of the kingdom for kingdom people, how ought kingdom people to live, we ground our lives on the king, on Jesus. If we have not done that, Jesus is, we've kind of missed the point of what Jesus has been doing. Jesus does desire that we live lives which will cause us to grow and be founded and will be vibrant. But he first wants our heart. He wants us to put our hope and security and, and really our identity, who we are in Jesus. He wants us to take our orders and our, our marching orders from him. He is the king. And that's why he says the wise man is the one who hears these words and does them. That is what building on a firm foundation, building on the rock, having a well-grounded life means. We hear what Jesus says and we go and do it. Failing to do so, having missed the point, here's the words of Jesus. Here's the words of the king maybe even likes those words and says, I will do some of them. Or I'm going to push these parts away because they make me feel uncomfortable. They fail to do it. And when the storm hits, things go sideways and, and Jesus says, their house falls apart. It doesn't last. It's not well grounded. It's the same storm. It's the same house on the same beach, the difference is whether the person did what Jesus said and dug down and got a well-grounded and a firm foundation for their life. Did they build on sand? Or did they build on rock? This is important in light of where Jesus has just come from. I want to read this because he, he when he gave this, he had just said it. In verse 21, he says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. In the light of the context of the sermon, when Jesus says, the wise one hears these words of mine and does them, it is about knowing Jesus. It is, do we live our lives? Do we do things? Do we conduct ourselves in a way that causes us to know Jesus more? Are we pursuing a deeper knowledge and deeper relationship with God and with Jesus each day? That's what it's all about. That's what the wise man does. Pastor Ben uh, shared a bit back that I've been, I've been working through Proverbs with the youth 
Um, consequently, about as long as I've been doing this Sermon on the Mount stuff. Um, and Proverbs tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If we have a deep, knowing, respectful awe of God, if we are captivated by God, we're going to do what God says. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Do whatever it takes. Give up whatever you need to give up to know Jesus more and more. Be willing to forsake the sandy parts of our lives. They look good. People might look at them and say, it's a sweet beachside. That sand can be warm between our toes. It's not here in Oregon, but Florida beaches are better. Sorry. Um, but you don't build there. You don't build there. Found yourself on a firm foundation because only then will you weather the storm. It's a final warning Jesus gives. A challenge to kingdom people to go from being simply hearers of a message to doers of a lifestyle. And it's a lifestyle. It's not an afternoon gig. They sat on this hillside and they listened to this sermon that Jesus gave. Or in our case, we sit in pews or um, sit online. I, I sit in my desk chair and listen to sermons throughout the week. And that's good. But if we don't do anything that we are hearing or learning from those that Jesus is trying to tell us, Jesus tells us we've missed it. And this is how Jesus closes his sermon. A story about sandy beaches and a call for us to dig away the sand. Get rid of the sand. I would argue that most people, they don't go to the beach for the rock that's way down there anyway. It's counterintuitive. It's, it's upside down, if you will. And as Matthew moves out of the sermon, because we haven't finished chapter 7 and there is a chapter 8. As he moves out of chapter 7, he says this. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were astonished at his teaching. For he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. Jesus finishes his sermon and Matthew keys us in on something. He says the crowds were astonished. Couldn't believe it. They hadn't, they hadn't heard anything like this before. The people were used to scribal teaching. What that is, is in their traditions, the scribes and the teachers taught the traditions and they quoted other rabbis and scribes. Rabbi so-and-so says about... And they were used to that. They had begun to be so used to this type of teaching. They based their teaching on, a, on tradition and a human's understanding of an interpretation of the Scripture. And when Jesus shows up, He does not do that. He grounds His teaching on something far greater 
more sturdy, if you will. He founds it on his relationship to the Father and ultimately his own authority as the Son of God, the King. And when he speaks, the people are, they go, that is different. There's something different here. I am compelled. I have heard what Jesus has said, and now I am compelled to do something about it. He doesn't found his message of the kingdom on tradition or man's teachings or feelings on sand. Jesus founds his sermon on the word of God and his authority as the son of God and calls kingdom people to do so as well with their lives. Found their lives on the word of God and Jesus' authority is the Son of God. That's what it means to do what Jesus says. And in doing so, just in giving the sermon, the people realize that there's something different, and it's a call in and of itself for them to do exactly what he has just told them to do. Dig away the sandy parts and found it on something greater. A firmer foundation, a rock. Jesus is the foundation of the kingdom. And so, I told you the question here is, well, how do we live out this kingdom when it feels so upside down to the the culture we're in? Jesus doesn't say, well, try to make it comfortable, soften the blow a bit, ignore the parts that we know are going to be tough. He says, dig down deep, get down to the the bedrock and the core of what it means to be a follower of Jesus and live that out. Do it. That's what he tells them. Jesus is the foundation of our faith. And we should seek to make him the foundation of our Christian lives by doing what he has told us.